0: So good to be with you all in the house of the Lord. A special welcome to our staff and teachers and parents from Frontline Christian School. So good to have you with us here this morning. Welcome to our church family, those in person and those watching online. Thank you to Kirk and to Pastor Ronell for setting the platform and for sharing the significance of what is happening And what the Lord is doing at Frontline. As the school has not only aligned its name with the church, but how it has also aligned its vision. This is part of God's original design and intention for this ministry. This is a season of great significance and we thank the Lord for His faithfulness, for His guidance and for His perfect timing. And may we not only remember this moment and this significant season but let us build on the promise and walk in the destiny and the blessing that God has for the church, for the school, and every other ministry that we have been entrusted with as we walk in obedience to God's perfect will. Amen? You know, when I look back over the years at God's faithfulness over our church and school, I stand astounded. My first visit to the church, some of you will know this, But my first visit was about 14 or 15 years ago to the church. And the only reason that I came here was because I wanted to start dating this beautiful lady called Renelle. (laughs) That was one of the prerequisites. You want to date me, you come to church, right? And so I came to church and little did I know how weird it would be. (laughs) All these people raising their hands and the worship that went on for so long. I couldn't understand it. You see, I I wasn't a, a believer back then, but little did I know that not only would I marry this beautiful lady, but that I would become a child of God, that I would serve in different ministries within this church, from the serving team to the worship team, to becoming an elder and a director of both church and school. But something that never crossed my radar is that I would be standing before you here today as your pastor preaching this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Only the Lord knew, right? And being a part of a church that is growing and maturing, where God is adding so many amazing people, and where God's hand has been so evident every step of the way. I stand amazed because for me, and I'm sure for many of you as well, this is a place of destiny. This is a place of destiny. And I feel so privileged to be a part of a church where God is moving, where God is leading, where He is in control, and where He is shaping our destiny. This morning, I want to share a short word with you that I've titled, Crossing Over into Destiny. As a church, we are in a very significant season. As a ministry, we are in a very significant season. Today is a significant day. And I want to speak to you about the type of individual commitment and devotion that is required of all of us as we go into the season, as we cross over into a season of purpose, of promise, and of destiny. And the story that we're going to study today is a story from the Old Testament where God is leading the children of Israel. They've come out of the land of Egypt and they're going into their promised land. Right, Most of us know the story. Now, church, their promised land was a land of opportunity. We know that it was a land of milk and honey, but it was also a land of mystery, as we're going to see. Joshua says to them that you've not come this way before. This is a brand new day. You've never been here before, and you are now launching both out into an opportunity and into a mystery. And besides all of that, between them and that land, there was a river of difficulty. As I said, we are in a very significant season as a ministry, and in this season there is both great opportunity and and mystery, and there will be rivers of difficulty that we will have to learn to cross. Amen? So let's see if we can learn some lessons today as to how to arrive at our destination without a map. And I say without a map, church, because let's be honest, we don't have every step of the journey. Clearly marked out for us, right? If you have your Bibles, go with me to Joshua chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. This is what it says. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. This is a brand new, something brand new for the Israelites. This is a new day and this is a new way. But did you get the emphasis of what we just read? It says, Keep your eye on the ark. And don't move until the ark moves. Right? Keep you on the ark and don't move until the ark moves. Now, church, just to pause there for a moment, what is the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God? Maybe you can put that image up for us if you can do that. Well, in physical presence, church, in physical appearance, it was a piece of furniture that later on had a central place in the Holy of Holies in the temple. The ark was about two feet by about two feet by about four feet tall. A little piece of furniture, but inside were the commandments of God. Aaron's rod that budded, a little bit of manna, on top was a solid slab of gold. And on either sides were the figurines of an angel with the wings spread out in a particular place, and that was called the mercy seat and the high priest would come and sprinkle blood upon the slab of gold to make atonement for the sins of the people and the shekinah glory of god just hovered right there and if you're thinking well that sounds pretty awesome but but what is that all about what does that mean for me personally well, church, what that tells us and what the ark represented in the Old Testament is a picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ means to us right now. It symbolized the life of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the presence of God, and the atoning blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of that pictures Jesus, right? If you don't understand that, you miss it all. Look again at verse 3. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. You see, up until this time, church, the ark had been in their midst. It had been in the camp, and when they moved, the ark moved. But here's a new day. They are going into a new land. They are coming out of the wilderness. No longer is the ark going to go with them, but they are going to go with the ark. And why is that significant? Because that's going to be their guide. That's going to be their way of victory. When they were in the wilderness, they were not living in victory. But as we're going to see today, the ark is about to lead them into victory and into destiny and I want to ask you an important question this morning are you ready to come out of the wilderness and into your promised land are you ready to cross over a river of difficulty into your land of promise where you're going to have to move with the ark you see the difference in some Christians is that some Christians live in victory and others do not and it's not like God plays favorites and he says, any mini miny mo, I'm gonna give victory to this half of the church, and, and I'm not gonna give victory to this half. God doesn't work like that. I'll tell you the difference. All Christians have the Lord Jesus Christ, right? If you don't have Jesus, you're not a Christian. The Holy Spirit is inside all of us. But get this, church, not all Christians are totally following the Lord Jesus Christ. They have Him in their midst, but He's not out in front leading. When Jesus is Lord and leader, when He's out in front and you follow Him, that's what makes the difference. The difference, church, is not in possession, but in possession. And so the question for us is, are you following Him? Is He leading? Is He out in front of you? Is He guiding you into this land of opportunity through the rivers of difficulty that separates your wilderness from your promised land? And I want to give you a couple of things to do, a couple of principles if you want to arrive at the destination that God has for you. And I want you to believe me this morning when I I say that God has one for you. God has a plan for as many people as there are in this room today, right? He has a plan directly and distinctly for you. That's a good place to say amen. Now, with all all of this in mind, church, the ark representing the Lord Jesus Christ, a treasure chest of blessing, and God sets it out there and says, when it moves, you move with it. Here are some principles that will help us reach our destination. If you take your notes this morning, number one, let Jesus guard you with His presence. Let Jesus guard you with His presence. Church, just like the Israelites when they were moving forward, and as Christians, as we grow spiritually, ingrained to spiritual maturity and walk in our calling, we are constantly moving into unknown. And unexplored territory. And you know why you don't need a map to get where you're going, Church. God's will for our life is not a road map, but a relationship. The important thing for you is not to know what the future holds. The important thing for you is to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you an illustration. If you're in a foreign country and you don't really know how to get around and see all the sights and the beautiful parts of the country, you would have to get yourself a map and try and figure out how to get to these different places. right? And you wouldn't probably be that successful. You wouldn't get to see you know, the very mystical places of the country or the most beautiful parts of that country. But if you had a close relationship with someone who lived there and they knew exactly where to go and you trusted them, all you would have to do is to jump into your hired car and keep your eyes on the taillights in front of you as they lead you along the way. You don't know whether they're turning left or right. You don't know whether they're going north, south, east, or west. west. You just have to focus on the taillights in front of you. You move when He moves. God's will for you is not a roadmap, but a relationship. God says, when my presence moves, You move with it. And church, what I'm trying to say is that let the Lord Jesus guide you with his presence. You don't have to know when and you don't have to know where. That's what God says to Joshua in verses 3 and 4. He says, follow the ark so that you may know the way by which you may go for you have not passed this way before. Right? You don't have to know when, you don't have to know where, and you don't have to know why. Just keep your eyes on the ark, move when God moves. So first of all, let, the, let Jesus guide you with his presence. And number two, let Jesus gladden you with his promises. With his promises. In verse three, when you see the phrase, the ark of the covenant... What does the word covenant mean? What is a covenant? Let me explain. A covenant is a sacred contract. It is a binding agreement. A covenant is an unfailing promise. God had made a covenant with the ancient people of Israel, and God has made a covenant with you and with me if you're born again. And I want you to see about these covenant promises of God. Look at verse 7 with me. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Did you get that, church? So I will be with you. Now, church, what you and I need to know is that promise is for every saint saved By Jesus Christ. It's not just for Old Testament believers. The promise didn't die with Moses. You know, some of us think that we're so different to the people in the Bible. But the Bible says even Elijah was a man of like passions just as we were, as we are. Somehow, perhaps we think that they breathed different air. Somehow we think maybe God was more powerful back then. But I want to tell you this morning, church, that the promises of God are for all saints, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The promises of God are for all saints and for all seasons. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The main thing, again, church, what you have to do is to understand that He has made a promise with you, a covenant with you. And you can say, well, pastor, wasn't that a, a covenant with the ancient people of Israel? Yes, but he's given you a new covenant. A covenant in his blood, with the, which the book of Hebrews says is even a better covenant. Right? And listen here to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Did you notice what it says? It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Just as they were to look to the ark, we are to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way I am to live with my covenant-keeping God, right? I need to look to Him. Now, church, the devil We'll try to keep you from looking to everything else but the promises of God in this season that we're going into. We need to acknowledge then that we will cross rivers of difficulty. There will be challenging times. If you're a Christian, you are going to face persecution. And if we're not careful, we'll take our eyes of Jesus and put our eyes on the circumstances. We'll start to focus on the flood of lies and schemes that the enemy will bring into our path. And if you're not Jesus conscious, you're going to go down. Simon Peter got out of the boat to walk on water and he was doing fine just as long as he was what? Looking unto Jesus, right? But then he looked at those threatening waves and when he saw that the waves were boisterous, he took his eyes off the Lord and put his eyes on his circumstances, and he began to sink. You know, the devil will use any tactic tactic to get your eyes off of Jesus. He will come to you and say, Yes, sure, you are saved by faith, you are justified by faith, you are kept by faith, but your faith is so weak. He'll tell you that you do not have strong enough faith to cross over into your destiny. And you know what, sometimes that will mess you up. And if you've ever been there before, you know that the accuser of the brethren, he never stops, right? He's always trying to mess with your faith because he knows that if he gets it right, he will get you to forget the promises. Listen, church, when he tells you that your faith is no good, you tell him next time, I'm not putting my faith in faith. I'm putting my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who cares for my faith and who is the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. You see, the devil can't do anything with that approach. He doesn't know how to handle that. So what's the solution, church? Don't look to you. Don't look to other people. Look to Jesus. He is your ark as you cross over into destiny. Let him guide you with his presence. Let him gladden you with his promises. And number three, let the Lord Jesus guard you with his power. Notice again, beginning in verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and I love this, and that He will without fail drive out from before you your enemies. And you list the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites, and you could add the Termites, right? (laughs) And he says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Church, do you know why we don't obey the Lord sometimes? Because we don't trust. And you know why we don't trust? It's because we don't know how great our God is. Or we've forgotten how great our God is. You see, knowledge of God equals trust. Trust equals obedience. And obedience equals blessing. Joshua says, come and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And I want to ask you, are you listening to the the words and the promises of the Lord your God? are you willing to follow Him? Because listen, church, He is the Lord your God, and if He commands you to cross the Jordan, it's His business to take the Jordan out of the way. Let me say that again. If He commands you to cross some Jordan, He will command that Jordan to get out of the way. Amen? Remember, with God, all things are possible. He is the Lord your God, and as it says in verse 10, He is the living God. He is the living God. And church, every demand placed on you by this world, listen to this, every demand placed on you by this world is a demand placed on the God that is living inside of you. And I'm telling you this morning that God is alive, He is well, and He's living inside of you if you're saved. I read something interesting this week that says there is seven kilograms of pressure on every square inch of your body. Did you know that? Add that up, and that means that there are tons of weight pressing down upon you right now. Tons of weight. And why aren't you crushed? Because you have pressure on the inside that keeps you from being crushed. That's the way that God has made us so fearfully and wonderfully. Now, there's enormous pressure from this world. But thank God that we have Jesus on the inside. We have the Lord Jesus. He is the living God. And He pushes back the weight and the pressure of darkness. Amen? Not only is He the living God, not only is He the Lord your God, but He is the liberating God. Now, here's one of the main points as I start to close. Watch this beginning in verse eleven. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves twelve men of the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, so rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So God says, take my presence into the Jordan River. I'm the Lord your God. I'm the living God. I'm the liberating God. You keep your eyes on the ark. Priests, you take that ark into the River Jordan. And you know what happens, church? As soon as the feet of those priests touched the River Jordan, something incredible happened. The waters begin to back up. And they back up, as the scripture says, all the way back to the city of Adam. And this is very symbolic. They back up all the way to the city of Adam, just piling up in a heap. And here are these priests, as soon as they begin to obey, the waters don't stop until they obey. But they get in the water, everything just backs up. They come in here with the ark of the covenant of the Lord right into the middle of the Jordan and church do you know what the word Jordan means it's the Hebrew word Yarden and it means descent into judgment the river Jordan is the river of death flowing into the dead sea now listen to this church the ark of the covenant comes into the river of death and stops the waters all the way back to Adam and God's people the children of Israel just come on through Church, our Lord Jesus Christ entered the chilly waters of the river of death. And he stopped death all the way back to Adam. He stopped death all the way back to Adam. In Adam all die, but in Christ all will be made alive to let God's people go through. Amen? And there is our Lord. There is our cross. There is our Savior. There is the ark of the covenant. There is our mighty God. He is the Lord your God. He is the living God and He is the liberating God to let God's people go through. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty, mighty God we serve. In this coming season, as we cross over into destiny as a ministry, we are going to face some troubled waters. We're going to face some challenging times. The enemy is going to bring persecution. But you let the Lord Jesus Christ guide you with his presence. You let him gladden you with his promises. And let him guard you with his power because he is a mighty God. You don't have to know when. You don't have to know where. And you don't have to know why. You just need to look unto Jesus. Because he is the author and the finisher of your faith can we thank the Lord for his word this morning church